Hello and welcome to the Teeth of Grace. My name is Sarah Schaefer and I am here today with my dear friend Kathy Loudenberg. We are excited as always to be able to spend some time together and in the Word with you. And today we are going to turn our attention to the book of Daniel. So if you're in a place where you can grab a Bible or turn on your Bible app, we encourage you to to do that. If not, don't worry, we will read to you as we go through some of this <laughs> as well. And we are going to just kind of continue on that idea that we've talked about in different ways of faith and faithfulness. Mm. But instead of going right to chapter three, Kathy, we we kind of just want to start at the beginning, right? We're going to start at chapter one. Yeah, I, I think that's important background, um, just to know who King Nebuchadnezzar was and how really violent he was, how many invasions of Judah and um, attacking them and stealing their kids. And I mean, yeah, so I, I think we it would be good to give a little history and because uh, I know you are really familiar with this book, too. Yeah, I've had the privilege of going through the study a few different times and and it's just amazing to me every time. There's always, it's the living word, so there's always something new. I'm sure there will be something new as we talk through it today as well. Well, and it's connection with the book of Revelation. I mean, both of them are also all just always end times. This is what things will look like, you know, and this is, is how things will go. So um, it, it, I love it for that reason too, because it's the Old Testament, but it's very much what Revelation is in the New Testament. It does have a lot, especially in the latter half of the book of Daniel about the end times. But in the very beginning of the book, it starts with telling us that it's in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. And by this time, um, if you're not familiar with Israel's history, they had early on become two nations, Israel mm -hmm. in the north and Judah in the south. And Israel had already, which was made up of 10 of the 12 tribes, had already been taken into captivity by the Assyrians and were overrun by people from Nineveh. And they, mm -hmm. were, they were already scattered and dispersed. But in 605, uh, Nebuchadnezzar came and he just really took over the rest of it. And God had warned his people over and over and over again uh, that they needed to follow him or they would be, he would finally let them be taken into captivity. And eventually that is exactly what happened. And that's mm -hmm. where Nebuchadnezzar comes on the scene. Mm -hmm. And I, I love in verse two, the Lord gave into his hand. I mean, the Lord allowed this. He used the Babylonians to judge his own people for their transgressions. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think about America and where we're at right now. This isn't something where, where um, God... God allowed this because of their transgressions. So that's pretty sobering to think about that. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking as I knew we were going to be talking about this, about Habakkuk, which is another book that I just love and have studied quite a bit and even um, wrote the book. No, I didn't write the book of Habakkuk, <laughs> but I wrote, I wrote a Bible study on it and uh, yeah. just have studied a lot. And he, this is, you know, that, Habakkuk takes place um before Babylon was even like a yeah a, a world power and God describes in there um what's going to happen and and that they're going to come and they're going to be swift and they're going to be ruthless and in chapter one of Habakkuk you see a foreshadowing of 
this severe Babylonian nation that does rise up and eventually takes them captive. So God warned and warned and warned <laughs> that this would happen, but he said, I'm going to do something to cure the evils in Judah that you would not believe. That's how he says it to Habakkuk. He says, you won't believe what's going to happen. And it's not a good thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and Nebuchadnezzar is such a desp despicable uh, ruler, you know, and, and for much of Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Daniel, three, I mean, three huge sections of scripture about this man's assault mm -hmm. and who he was, this godless, godless, um, you know, ruler. But I, I just love how he, um, when he did, when he did um, go in to plunder the house of God, um, he also took with him some of the descendants. And it's interesting, he took the children of Israel, the king's descendants, nobles, and young men. And he chose the cream of the crop because he wanted them to come be servants and teach language and literature to his people. So he changed their names. And um, you'll probably do these better than I do, but we know him as Daniel. Uh, and and we, the book is Daniel. And then it's Shad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are there. Uh, are these three friends? So he took these four, four guys, and it's their story is amazing, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I don't know what would you speculate their ages to be. I'm guessing they were like 14 or 15. I'm guessing they were young. Well, I think so because uh, in verse three it says he took children of right. Israel. So I think they were just really, really young that's another reason why i so love this chapter because we've i've walked with the lord a long time and am i one tenth of faithful as these four guys mm. i mean pretty soon um I, I just love how daniel says it in uh verse eight he purposed in his heart not to break any of his his roots, not eat what the king wanted, not drink the wine the king wanted, not to, he, he, he purposed in his heart. And that word purpose is committed or resolved or determined. These young men, very young, um, I, I agree with you. My gosh, they came as kids almost. And yet they had a, such a relationship with God that they determined not to join any of Nebuchadnezzar's schemes or his worship, his gods, or so they're there. I just love what these, what these young men can teach us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think that Daniel's resolve in all of that is, it is admirable and it's definitely a challenge because as we stand in a culture that is so divided on so many different issues that do we know where God's heart is? Are we, are we falling prey to calling what's wrong, right? Or saying what's yep. bad is good and good is bad. And, or are we, are we clear about what those things are because we're in the word of God. And I just imagine that Daniel was regularly in the temple and that his family regularly talked about the Lord, even though it was not a faithful nation when God let Judah be taken into captivity, my guess is that somehow God had sparked in Daniel and had been already teaching him throughout his little short life, very, a lot of things about who he was. So he was very clear about what was right yep. and what was wrong. What was wrong. Yep. 
and he was willing to stand for it. Verse 9 says, now God had brought Daniel into the favor and the goodwill of the person put in charge of them, uh, the person that was to give them, you know, the king's dinners and the king's wine mm. and all of this stuff mm -hmm. to fatten them up. One translation says, my says, to fatten them up. Oh, um, funny. Because they were just boys. And, but there again, you know, we've been talking about having faith in God, but then God to us and God brought Daniel because Daniel, after verse eight, purposed in his heart to obey God and not get into anything in this other despotic kingdom, then God brought Daniel into favor. And I just, I love that, that mm. we, we've talked about the word kept. God doesn't keep us from everything, but he certainly knows how to keep us in everything. Mm -hmm. So because of Daniel's stance and these three young boys that, that were going to stand for the Lord in this horrible, horrible condition, then God gave them favor. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that um, comparison. And he didn't give him favor in the sense that, I mean, he, they were then allowed to, to go through this test. So for 10 days, they had just vegetables and water. They didn't have the meat and the cheese and the wine and all yeah. of that. And after 10 days, he and his three friends were all better in appearance is what it says. So yep. I'm guessing whatever that means, they probably had more energy and better skin and whatever it was. Oh, and fatter in flesh. That's what mine says. I just read that in verse yeah. 15. Yeah. They I mean, were verse... fatter in flesh. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, and in verse 17, God gave them knowledge and skill and literature and wisdom and understanding in all visions and dreams. And then, 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 then down in 20, all in all the matters, wisdom and understanding. I, I mean, God, God has already written history. We have the end. We have the book of Revelation, right? Yeah. He, this is his history from the creation to when he comes back again. And he knew what dreams he was going to give to Nebuchadnezzar. So he gives Daniel this, this incredible wisdom to under, understand exactly what God was going to download to Nebuchadnezzar. So I just love, I love this first introduction of these, these four boys and God and how mm -hmm. close they were. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the way that chapter one ends in verse 21, it says, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I haven't done my history on this particular thing, but my guess is King Cyrus was not even born maybe at this point yeah. because um you know it's just kind of this whoever however this book was put together somebody thought i'm going to tell you the end daniel never got home to israel yeah. he never got back to uh, jerusalem but he was there for the entire length of the captivity because we know from what we read later and uh, what's in other books is that king cyrus was the one who gave them the freedom to go back home yeah. and rebuild. Yeah. So they were in captivity here a long, long, long time. Yeah. And so in chapter two, God, God gives, I, I'm sorry. I think this is absolutely, I think the Lord has a sense of humor too. Oh man. So he, he gives he Nebuchadnezzar this. Yeah. He, he downloads to Nebuchadnezzar this incredibly horrible dream 
and he's so troubled that he can't sleep. So then he commands all the magicians, astrologers, and sorcerers to tell him the dream. Sarah, I got to stop there for a minute because even though part of this is funny, in America, how many pay attention to astrology and mm. and sorcerers and magicians and go to these people who can tell them their future? And I mean, mm, we're not too far off from what this despicable ruler was doing. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, and you know, even just reading your horoscope versus yeah. reading your Bible and yeah. thinking, I mean, even if you are reading it as a joke, you're still putting your eyes on something that really has a link to something pretty unhealthy. Yeah. So. Almost to other gods. We're looking to them for like other little G gods. Right. And all the way through this book, his God, Nebuchadnezzar, and in, in that, in his kingdom, it's little G. And then every time Daniel and his three friends talk about it, it's big G. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we in this country uh, have a lot of little G gods, I think. But anyway, <laughs> I, Sarah. So do you think he forgot the dream? I, you know, I wondered that. I don't know whether he forgot it or it was so bizarre that he couldn't express it, but he was demanding these three people to tell him what his dream was. Right. So that is a little odd. Was he just testing them? Um, because, I mean, it meant their life. Mm hmm Right? Well, and my guess is because he didn't even ask for the interpretation at first. In verse no. three of chapter two, he just says, I had a dream. My spirit is troubled. And I think, you know, we wake up sometimes from a bad dream and we've got that, like, panic and our hearts pounding and all of that. And he said, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Yeah. And so I think he might have forgotten, like he couldn't quite remember what it was and it was kind of on the edge of his memory and yeah, and I need to know what I was dreaming because I'm freaking out, you know, basically as he was. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what he threatens him with, I mean, if you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your ashes, your houses will be made a heap. I mean, so... So it's interesting. Maybe he did forget, but how would anybody know? How would I know your dream last night, Sarah? Right. So God is just, I just love how God <laughs> sets up this book. Only God can give this kind of wisdom. And to these three, four youngsters, to Daniel specifically. But um, yeah, so, so it's, it's really weird. And they say, well, they keep telling him, well, tell us your dream and we'll interpret it. So mm -hmm. they, they battled back and forth like that for a while. And, um, and, and then the king was angry, verse 12. This is sad, furious. He commanded that all the wise men, that's what they were called, of Basilon be killed. And they began killing them. And they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them too. That's the heart of this king. If you can't do what I tell you to do, you're all going to die. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't, the story could have ended right there. But mm -hmm. God, I love the buts. In, mm -hmm. Because but God, then everything changed. Mm -hmm. Well, and in verse 14, we yep. get our hero on the scene, right? Then Daniel yep. replied with prudence and discretion mm -hmm. to Ariok, the captain of the king's guard. 
who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. So Mm -hmm. what I'm wondering what your version says in verse 14, prudence and discretion are the words that I have. I like those better than this translation. I forget what that is, but it says then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered. Mm. I just love it that he immediately went to God. Mm -hmm. That's that's he just immediately went to God and depended on God and God downloaded what he needed. Mm -hmm. And, and as I, as I was reading this again, what about us when, Mm -hmm. when we've got something really bad going on, how, how quickly does it take me to run straight to God? Hmm. Or do I do this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that, and then eventually get to God, you know, he immediately, they were seeking their lives too. Right. And, and he wasn't, he, so he immediately went to God. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. asked the kid in verse 16, so brave, he asked the king to give him time. I mean, this king is already killing his own wise men because they can't tell him. And then Daniel went to his house and he told his three friends. Back then they were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah because um, that, that was their given names instead of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, Daniel went to him and said, they may that they may seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret Hmm. then in 19 the secret was revealed to daniel in a night vision so daniel blessed the god of heaven and this next part sarah read it from your translation if you would 20 through 20 his his prayer of thanksgiving is so sweet yeah verse starting verse 20 daniel answered and said Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, mm-hmm. to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Yeah. If we just soaked in that for a week, and I just thought in my own life how he has revealed very deep things at his death. And we've mm. talked about that story in the book. Years later, I was 10 and at 27, after my suicide attempt, God begins to reveal the, the ache, what, what, what hurt that little girl so badly. He reveals the deep and secret things. I mean, it's just priceless how the mm. Lord does that and gives us supernatural understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and he, he's in charge of who's in charge. Yeah, he sets up the kings and he takes them down. Yeah, and we see that as you read through, well, even what the dream is, um, we see that that's what what the dream was about in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, he, you know, Daniel has this vision in the night, and he's able to go and say, "Don't destroy anybody." I don't, I, I don't know if he, I don't, it said he, in my translation, it says he was about to destroy them. So I wondered if maybe he hadn't started killing quite yet. Like maybe God even had well, the mercy. I wondered that too, because in verse 12, and they began killing the wise men. The decree went out and they began killing. So I don't, because then over here, say do not destroy, maybe do not destroy the rest. Um, in verse 12, it says they began killing. Oh. Yeah. 
Mine says, and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed, and and they were about to be killed. I don't know. Oh, interesting. What does your 13 say? Yeah, so 13. Oh, about to be killed. Right. Oh, yeah. This translation says they began killing. So. So maybe maybe they were just preparing, but um, and you know the end result of this should be that that Daniel right away gets praised, right, and exalted because he told him the dream, and instead, instead I love verse twenty eight. Um, well, Daniel in twenty seven, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, "The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, astrologers, and magicians." And soothsayers cannot declare to the king, but there is a God, big G, in heaven who reveals secrets, and He has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what what about the latter days. And then, and then, he says again, He who reveals secrets, He capital H who reveals secret, has name made known to you. And so, his. His faith, his faithfulness to stand up and bring this despotic king, the big G God, as a youngster. I, I just I just marvel at who who Daniel and these three guys were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're very brave, that's for sure. I mean, they've shown courage since the very beginning of you know what we've talked about. And I think that um this is a probably a good spot for us to just pause and then we can pick up in the next one what the dream was because we all want to know what that dream was including nebuchadnezzar what the interpretation was and then how in chapter three we see nebuchadnezzar's sort of response to the dream and um i I just think it all fits together really well so yeah yeah so i i think it's a good challenge for us to think are we resolved are we courageous enough to go ask for what we need and you know like mm. you said he even went into the king and asked for time yeah the king was angry and very furious is how it's described in here and he yeah. had the courage to approach him it's just pretty amazing he yeah. wasn't he knew god was going to preserve him he just knew it yeah, and all the way through the rest of chapter two, he talks about it over and over. The God of heaven has given you this, and the God of heaven, and the God of heaven will set up, and God has made known, and God gives a secret and reveals a secret yeah. all the way through. Uh, we should take heart in that. When our hearts are troubled, really, really badly troubled, gosh, run run to the Father, sit in his lap, and let him download the secret. What What's the secret right now? Um during my caregiving time, there were lots of moments that I'd go, God, I need, I need you to give me a secret right now because I'm empty and I'm, uh, I can't do this anymore. And I need you to speak something into my, into my heart. So, um, the whole rest of two is precious, but three just takes a turn. Right. Yeah. Well, it'll be good to get into that next time. So Mm -hmm. for today, listeners, thanks so much for joining us. And, I hope that just hearing the story of Daniel, whether it's new to you or extremely familiar or somewhere in the middle, we pray that you are encouraged in whatever enemy or difficulty or challenge you might be facing today. Mm -hmm. Resolve yourself to follow the God of heaven and he will give you everything you need. He will give you the insight. He will give you the favor you need. Mm -hmm. 
he's there to give us what we need, especially in the moment we need it. And I think that's the other thing that we see in chapter two is Daniel didn't get that interpretation one moment sooner than he needed it. It wasn't yeah. like Daniel had the same dream and woke up and knew God, you know, God's timing was not maybe what we expected, but it was exactly right. And yeah. he will do Amen. that for each of us as well. Amen. Listeners, if you want to contact us, you are always welcome to email us. I know email isn't necessarily the easiest way to reach people these days, but we do encourage you to reach out. You can email Kathy at K-A-T-H-Y at theteethofgrace.com, or you can email me, Sarah, at S-A-R-A at theteethofgrace.com. We pray you are blessed, and we can't wait to visit with you next time.